Well, welcome back to another episode of Say Something Interesting, the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities for all of you overachievers who just Sunday's not enough. You need a little bit more of Brent and Margo in your life. We can't blame you there. Uh, my name's Brent. With me, as always, is Margo. And uh, she was actually the one that did the uh, the talk this weekend. This has been her series, uh, The Comparison Trap. Uh, we just finished part two. But before we get into some of that, uh, I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, on the Insta. She is at Adventures in Caffeine. And uh, she did a, this is part of the stories thing, which are you more into stories now than like actual photos? I'm trying to I feel like I see you more in stories than photos. Because like... My photos are definitely like a curated thing. Like I'm not just going to post everyday life in my photos. Yeah. But I know I'm connected with enough like people I know in real life that they're probably like, what's Margo up to? So yeah, that's what I use stories. Is that the difference? Like I'm trying to figure yeah, out. That can, really is okay. the difference is like. Because you can tell a difference like Twitter is like, here's what I'm thinking and tends to be lean a little bit more political. Right. Uh, and then. Or I just think like unfiltered. Facebook feels like. Facebook feels like I'm posting this because my aunt who lives far away needs to know what my kids look like because mm-hmm. I'm not going to come visit, <laughs> but here, here they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Instagram feels like, I don't know. It's just, it, it is a little different. It's, it's more friends for me, but then, but I haven't really gotten into stories. Like I don't I think I've got like one story and it's probably my kids or my dogs or something like that. I just haven't figured out like the medium for that yet. Well, now like it, it you can link it to your Facebook so it shares on both, which sometimes can be confusing because Instagram stories has features that Facebook stories don't. So sometimes I forget, like I put a poll on my Instagram stories and Facebook, you can't click on anything. Yeah, so it's right. like, wait, oh. I had my Twitter and my Facebook link because I was like, I just then I can save myself from ever logging into Facebook. Uh, but that, that doesn't work because you've got too many like ats and hashtags and it just, uh, it's messy. Anywho, <laughs> all that to say, uh, I watched a little story from you. You had your in-laws in town uh, coming to hear, I'm, I'm assuming to come hear you talk on Sunday, which uh, is great. They're just, they didn't know I was talking there. Just, oh, really? Nice. They're just here to see us. <laughs> Uh, and then you had a chance to go. I, I'm assuming they went with you out yes, to yes. to do a little champ, champagne tasting. Well, not even wine tasting. Well, we did wine tasting on Saturday. So. Oh, locked it up, both ends. We went to Walla Walla. So nice. Uh, and you went to. I, I didn't even know they did champagne tasting. Uh, so that was kind <laughs> Technically, of technically you can't call it champagne because oh. it's not from France, right? Champagne. What, what do they call it instead? Just sparkling wine. God, which it, sparkling sounds wine. like so cheap, but. Yeah, it does. It sounds like it comes in a box, a little sparkling. Uh, Trevari. I, did I say it right? Trevari. Trevari. I was so close. I've been calling it crap all <laughs> I mean, morning. that sounds fancier. It's kind of like Trevari. the LaCroix versus LaCroix. LaCroix. Uh, which is in, I said Wapato because I, I Googled and you're like, yeah, Yakima. But I, I think it's technically in Wapato. I don't know what town it is. It's exit right. 40. And it was so, good? Yeah. We've been a couple times. Uh, the The venue is really beautiful. Uh, they have a big covered porch and lots of umbrellaed tables, so you can just sit out on this big, beautiful landscaped lawn and look at Mount Adams and the rolling desert hills and the sagebrush and sip free, free 99, not even free. That's <laughs> like what you should lead with. You yes. should lead with not, it's beautiful. You should lead with, hey, guys, this thing's free. What are you doing not stopping at exit 40? And it's dog and kid friendly, like of all the tasting rooms I've been to. I, I constantly see people with dogs and their kids just run around in the grass. So, question: Do you is there a visible difference between a wine tasting and a shit? Like in terms of audience, is it the same people or does it tend to be a little bit older? Because I um, feel like I feel like 
champagne tasting would tend to be a little bit older. Really? I think so. I've, mm, I don't want to say, like, because I've done a lot of wine tasting at this point, just because uh, when you're in the wine industry, every wine tasting is free. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's a really easy day night because it's free 99. And yeah. uh, you get to, and it's just a fun experience. Um, and I've seen people all over the board in wine tastings. And uh, if anything, I think the champagne might be a tiny bit younger. Really? Maybe maybe it's the free 99 part. It's probably because I've never been over to a friend's house and then be like, hey, glad you guys could come over for dinner tonight. I got this great, great bottle of champagne. Well, champagne feels special. Like it feels like a celebration. Totally. Or it feels girly. Listen, like when I go to people's house for dinner, it's a celebration part. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've ever bought a bottle of champagne. I mean, I've had champagne at like weddings. And, stuff, and I think we think it's super expensive, when, it's not, it's which there is lot, some that yeah, is. Yeah, right, right. Don Pignon, whatever. Did I say that wrong? I Don probably Pignon, said Don yeah. Pignon. Uh, uh, but yeah, I just when when you when you said champagne tasting, I thought, oh, I wonder if that that feels older crowd to me. But maybe I'm wrong on that. I, I th- don't know. Oh, uh, like we talked about it during the tasting that we had the other day. Of, I don't, I don't think to pair food with champagne. Like, I think if I, like, Matt is very much about, like, we are having seafood, so we need, a like, a Pinot Noir. Yeah. We're having this. We need a, like, you and you cook with it. You don't cook with champagne. Right, right, so right. So I think um, champagne just Why feels not, like. Why though? You could, right? I mean, you could. Uh, a lot of champagne has re- residual sugar in it, so it'd probably have to be, like, more of a dessert thing. And then sure. the carbonation just goes away. Right, like so not, that's like the plus kind of pointless. Of it. Yeah. So, uh, um, so I think that's that's part of it is that sh- like I feel like drip- drinking champagne seems to be an event, and they're trying very much to be like this is what you'd pair it with, and this is what you'd have sure. it with. But it's more like going out for drinks than like I'm doing a wine tasting and I'm buying a bottle. And we're going to go back and cook dinner, kind of thing. Absolutely. Now, here's the deal. Confession, like Kylie and I, Kylie doesn't drink any sort of, she doesn't, not because she has a moral, you know, anti-stance towards it, but just, she just has never found anything that she likes. So wine tasting has not been an activity that we have gone and done all that much at all, maybe. Like, so I, I don't know, but I know a lot of friends who do it, but I also know that because we live in wine country, people from Seattle, Portland, drive to Walla Walla, drive to Prosser and do all, and they tend to be... A little bit older. Would you say that the audience is older? I mean, it feels like maybe one of the older things that we do, but because we live in this unique area, it's kind of okay to kind of go do this. Is it? Am I, um, am I saying that right? Yeah, I, I think that could be partially true. Like the fact that it's convenient. Right. It's not like we're taking a vacation. We're not flying to Napa to go wine tasting. You and I, in our stage of life, and I'm, I'm going to just lump myself into your stage of life as well. I'm, I'm in the dirty Hopefully 30 okay. now. So <laughs> right, you're in this it dirty happened. You're checking the new box at East Lake. Ugh. Okay. Uh, if we lived in, uh, say, Portland, right, I, I doubt that we would drive four hours to go wine tasting in Walla Walla. You're right. Yeah. It's convenient. It's in our backyard. Therefore, we are more likely to do it. If I lived over there, that would feel kind of like, oh, am I already like semi-retired and I'm going to do this? <laughs> I didn't know I was. I think at that's that stage. part of it. Is retirees just have more time? Absolutely, uh, right. More leisure time to enjoy their wine. They don't have kids like running around, 
you know, wreaking terror. Like you don't trust your glass for a could second. Could you imagine taking my four kids to a wine taste winery? I think you could get away with no, it. No, Margo, I, that is, I will give that you is a list. blasphemous. I will give you a list of wineries you Dude, can get away with. I would be so stressed out that Grayson is grabbing everything. I, and by the well, way, not at, to mention the age thing. I don't even know if they can legally. Even well, look if at Bookwalter. Bookwalter, they have a space to run and Bookwalter is the one place in the Tri-Cities that we <laughs> can because they have the little bocce ball court and like the big giant field. And it's actually fantastic. We sit on the back patio and be like, go, go run, do your thing. If, if there were shelves with glasses filled with expensive wine, I would, I would be so nervous. I would, that would not be an enjoyable hour or two hours or whatever for me. I say all that because I, I really wanted to bring up, I just wanted to ask if that's, is that the the um, the thing that makes you feel the oldest in life? Is that the oldest thing that you do? I definitely feel fancier than right. I have. Well, I mean, my previous job, there is no drinking of alcohol at all. Right. Um, so that was like a whole subculture. Uh, but now that I actually understand wine way more, and it's been like crash course in a lot of ways, just because you you marry into the industry. And I couldn't, I think the only wine varietal I could tell you before was Merlot. Like that's the only thing in my head that I'd heard in enough shows or TV. Now, now I know, and now I appreciate it a lot more. Um, yeah, it does, it does feel a little bit more mature. I mean, I feel like yeah. before that wine is always in a box and like, I, I feel like, like there is to a, say, oh, we're going to go down to a minute 20 and grab a beer. That feels like I'm 20. Yeah. We're going to go to a winery and, and sip champagne, you know, this dry, it's dry or sweet, and you can mix with this. I feel like I'm 50. But that's fine. Like, I like, I don't mind that, right? I mean, like, that feels very mature, like you said. And his exciting. parents are adorable, too. They always love to pack picnics. Oh, yeah. So we, we take, like, Trader Joe's, five different types of cheese and olives and crackers oh, and... Dude. His parents, Am I old? Because that sounds his, awesome. His parents rock a cheese board like no one else. <laughs> Like we're sitting, we're sitting watching Netflix, and they come oh, over with two plates. Please of tell like, me that's on their Twitter bio. Oh. <laughs> it needs Walt to can be. rock a cheese plate like nobody else. That's in fact what we got them for Christmas was that's like a awesome. cheese board that could hold all these different I, things. I, I say that because I did this morning. I did one of the things that I think has made me feel the oldest I've ever done. uh Oh, I got back from my, we got back from our trip. We were um, we were actually eel fishing on the coast. <laughs> Just kidding. I listened to the podcast. You're, you're, you're. And once I heard the podcast, I was like, I should hunt for eels. I'm already on the That's coast. That's some money making. I think Dude. it's all, I don't know if West Coast has eels. Because uh, they just talked about the Atlantic eel trade. Yeah, let me think. I don't know. I have seen an eel in the wild, and it is. I bet ugh. Megan Bojan knows because she's Dude, a they're like marine snakes, biologist. But with, oh man, they're so gross. Hideous. Yeah. Um, anyways, we were on the, on the coast and uh, got back on Friday. And my dad was watching our dogs for us. And uh, I, I've, I've mentioned this to you before, but we get the paper and we all, and my wife and I love to do the crossword. Well, I came home and, and there's no papers. And I did not do like the vacation hold. I thought about it, but I didn't. <clears throat> and I said, hey, uh, you've been taking my papers? Accusing my dad, who's been watching my dog, so he deserves a paper, but whatever. And he goes, yeah, I took him the first couple of days, but you haven't had a paper the last last two days. And I thought, I wonder if my neighbor, who I had told as well, Trudy, would you, have you come over and grab my papers? So I went over, took the kids over, knocked on the door. Nope, she hadn't seen my papers. She's, and she, but here's the thing. She knew exactly what day they had been delivered and what days they had not been delivered. Dun, dun, dun. Margo. She goes, you got it on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You did not get it on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. I'm like... Dang, girl. Now, listen, she's widowed. She's a little old German lady who has a schedule and likes to keep it, and and her lawn is pristine. 
Uh, but that classic, like your neighbors are watching you. Like now, I know you are aware. I cannot do anything. I cannot do anything. Everything is observed. You will not, don't come and try and rob my house. Trudy will call the cops on you. I'm telling you, she. Will. I have an Amazon package that went MIA. I need Trudy on the oh, case. Oh, you need a Trudy to live next to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Anywho, so I thought that's weird. Tried to call the paper and uh, or the delivery, whatever, and they're closed on Saturday. Got my paper on Sunday. Thought, oh, what a fluke. Did not get my paper today. You know what I did this morning, Margo? I called the Tragedy Herald to complain about an undelivery, a non-delivery from my paper. That is a crotchety old that man. That is if the ever oldest was. thing I've ever I done. I need my crossword. Can you send one of them automobiles over here with my paper? <laughs> Got to do my crossword. You suddenly turned like redneck instead of Oh, totally. I'm all, I'm all of it. And I, I got in the car this morning and I was like, I told Kyle, I'm like, sorry, babe, no crossword today because I didn't love the paper, you know? And I'm like... You need to buy one of those crossword books or something. Probably. I don't know. I just... It, it is very... It was uh, definitely... It made me feel so Like the fact old. that you're, the, you're more upset, not about missing out on local events or the news, but on your crossword. Well, I'm also... Like, that is the nail in the that's coffin. That's true, but I am also missing out. Like, I heard there was a shooting in, uh, like, Howard Amon Park this yes. last weekend, and I didn't... I. Pff, uh, the only way I knew about it was somebody posted something on Facebook. I would have read it in the paper and actually had informed exactly opinions. Exactly where we had our party in the park the I know, week before. Like literally in front of that place. <laughs> and they still haven't found the guy, right? Like no. it was. I, th- they, I bet that people know, but they're not telling the I cops. Know. They're going to take it into But nobody was hands. hit, right? It was just like a gun went off. No, right? a guy was shot multiple times. Oh, he's serious? In the, he's in the hospital. Oh, snap. I thought it was like a gun went off. I thought maybe it was like a And then another person had an anxiety attack. There was two people sent to the hospital. Only one was shot. My gosh. But multiple times. It was a big deal. It is a big deal. Crazy. Cray cray. All right. Probably should get to the (laughs) end. That was fun. (laughs) That was fun. Hey, great job on the podcast uh, last week with with, uh, Megan, by the way. Always love it when Megan's on. And then I also listened to uh, Ryan's episode on the drive because I just catch up on tons of podcasts. And I laughed out loud again in the car as I'm driving. Guys, that was a great episode. If you have not listened to two weeks ago, uh, it was uh, Snowman's Not Meg is the title of it. Uh, <laughs> you'll never forget. <laughs> you'll never forget. Like, it's just one of those ones that, like, if we had a hot list of, like, here's what you should definitely listen to if you're going to, if you're just catching top up podcast. with, yeah, say something interesting. That would be definitely on the, I don't know if it would be top on the list, Can but I, it would be on the list. I need to, I need to throw myself under the bus a little bit because in the moment, we started the podcast off with what's a misheard song lyric. Yeah. And I couldn't think of one for me, but I thought of one for my husband. Right. And I apologize. I'm like, how like a typical horrible wife where I'm like, oh, I know one he's messed right. up. Here's where he's I, I realized it came to me. One of the worst lyrical flubs of my life. But it, hap- it happened when I was much younger, probably in elementary school. Like something I thought in elementary school, which in, later in life I was like, oh my goodness. I remember <laughs> Eric Clapton. Okay. Uh, Tears in Heaven is the title of the song. The I know song. The yeah. Tears in Heaven. Yeah. So my mom, I remember we we're driving in her car, and she's like, "The song is about his son who died because he was. I think she told me he was playing on a chair and he fell out of a skyscraper window." And I was like, oh my gosh. And so as a kid, I am like, she's, she told, she, t- I didn't hear the title of the song. I just heard the story. And as I'm listening to it, my small brain <laughs> translates the lyric to, and I know there'll be no more chairs in heaven. 
got to get rid of those chairs. <laughs> Which <laughs> I just re-looked up the story. There was no chair. He did fall. It was super tragic, super horrible, horrific, freak accident. But talk about like my morbid child uh, mind that I was like, yeah, no chairs, so he can't fall. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And that's me throwing myself into the bus. It's for you, babe. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, week two, you covered uh, uh, the story of the prodigal son in part Luke one. chapter 15, part one, right? There's also part two to this thing. Uh, talked about comparison. One of the big things uh, that I thought was important in this story uh, that we talked about in mid-service was comparison drove him away, but it also brought him back. Comparison has this power to move us and influence us and change our trajectory. And and, and his comparison between what I have and what I should have um, drove him to uh, ask his dad for an early out, like in terms of his inheritance and leave. Um, And then his comparison between where he found himself in the midst of a famine uh, and then where his father's servants, they're like his best day doesn't even compare to their worst day. He's like, I should just go back and do this. Um, So it moved him in a lot of different ways. Um, Can we like just to throw a bomb in my sermon (laughs) series, can we say that there is such thing as good comparison? Like when you say like, hey. My friends can get up to the top of the stairs without huffing and puffing. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like, I should probably, you know, eat better. Like, you see, like, if you go to a restaurant and all your friends are ordering, like, salad and lean chicken breasts, and you're like, yeah, no cheesesteak, salad. Yeah, no. (laughs) Uh, And then even with myself, too, like, you can go... This shirt fit better a while ago than it did now. You know what I mean? I'm like comparing old self with current self. Or even seasons of my life, I like look back. I'm like, man, I was really like reading a lot more yeah. books on this. Or I was more I was, productive. I yeah. was more this. I was more focused with my time. Uh, I, I think I feel that a lot. And, and and who knows if you're looking back with rose colored glasses, like in that time, were you really that productive? It felt more productive. Like it felt like I was doing something, you know. And then now you're like, just trying to like. Get the kids to bed. And just trying to survive. <laughs> Try to just get through. Struggle life starts street. at eight. You know what I mean. Um, so that's th- different uh, for sure. But yeah, I think that comparison can be a motivating factor. It, it just uh, in this message, you specifically mentioned how it creates this uh, not boundary. What was the word that you roadblock? Roadblock between you and God. It can create a roadblock between you and others. That was week one, and this one between you and God, because the story really is about the dad, right? It's yeah. not about the. Uh, there, th- it starts off with Jesus saying there was a man who had two sons. We know it's a fable. We know it's a parable. We know it's a story. These, this wasn't a physical... An illustration. Yeah. He, he's trying to illustrate something. What's he trying to illustrate? Not necessarily that the that the one son... Uh, messed up. Messed up, right? The story's not about him. It's about the dad who welcomes him, him home anyways and is like, hey, I'm giving you my, uh, my robe. I'm giving you my ring. I'm giving you some sandals on your feet, which was a great insight in terms of... The no more mourning, no more dwelling on this. Don't don't take this as a, a thing. So, um, all of that was just really really great and 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 brilliant insights on there. Um, I do I I I uh, was able to kind of sit in and uh, take some notes things. So I had a few things I wrote down, a few things we covered in between. So I don't know. I think we're probably showing, or if you're listening to the podcast online, you're probably listening to part or the the second presentation of it. So eleven o'clock. So there are some changes that you made. So I, I don't want to if if you dealt, if you hit these a lot in second then. Let's move on fast. But there's but, still like 82 people that were in first that may be listening to this. True, like, oh. absolutely. Right. Um, you mentioned in comparison, one of the things that shows up consistently, especially in young adults and people who are just kind of getting this career thing started in life and family things started in life and, and marriage, or even I'm single, but I, I got my first job that's like a real job, right? And we've grown up 
in our parents' home. We've grown up under their roof. We've gone on very vacations with them. And we just assume that kind of where they're at, like we don't expect to be where they're at. That's adulthood. Like the second I cross that 18 or 21 year old line, these are all the things that I'm yeah, entitled and, to. And it really is like, I think not even like college feels like a different it, or and even if you didn't go to college, it still feels like maybe if, if I've got my own place or if I've graduated college or if I finally got my first career job, right? Or maybe not career job, but like, I'm not like, it's not full-time like, job. It has benefits. Yeah. Something, right? Like, I feel like I could do this for a while. Uh, that feels like real life. And now you're going, now I get to, you know, figure out where I'm going to live and what I'm going to drive and how, and how I'm going to vacation. So we begin to compare ourselves with our parents and we know like our parents have been doing this a lot longer than us. So like, I can't drive what they drive. I get that. I can't have uh, toys like they have toys. Um, I can't live in, if they have a five bedroom house or four bedroom house, I'm fine. I should be fine with a two bedroom or a three bedroom or an apartment or something like that. Like we get that. Um, But I, I thought specifically in your area of vacations, I see this more showing up than ever before because we feel like we deserve to go on on breaks and go on these vacations and our parents have been you know have stockpiled enough money to be able to go and travel and do all these really cool things and then we are we are like I'm going to uh Wapato for the week <laughs> I'm going to go drink champagne I can't pay for and it's free and, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean and we kind of we we I I think in in this area I've seen more young people overspend than in than like I don't know I don't I, I don't see as many of them go like I'm gonna buy a Mercedes because I really think I deserve this or I really deserve this expensive car like we we have a, a strong enough head on our shoulders where we're like I'm fine with a Honda Civic for a while you know what I mean but then in the area of vacation we just overspend it and you hear these people go I just I put it on the credit card because I, I I deserve a break I deserve to kind of go and I deserve to to make this happen I feel like and <clears throat> You know who's gonna who's gonna tell you no? Who's gonna tell you who am I? Like our 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 uh, our people are about experiences. They're not about exactly. property and stuff. Like materialism. I don't need China for my China cabinet, but I do need to go. But to, I want to go to Paradiso. I want to yeah. go to Miami. I want to go to this. Or people like cover it with like a good cause, right? Like I know people that have gone. Uh, to Indonesia to go to like an elephant rescue, elephant sanctuary, and like people like like this kind of like humanitarian bent travel experience, and and so we justify it exactly like you're saying, because uh, we think spending money on experiences validate. Like we have friends like, oh, I'm gonna go skydiving. I'm like, that's like hundreds of dollars. <laughs> or like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go this and that, and uh, you know. But we but you, so- buy an airstream and get a Westphalia van and travel the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And See, when I look at people who take pictures of fancy things and they buy, like it's easier for me to be like, you shouldn't have done that or whatever. But when I see them doing a vacations, I don't say that. Like I don't naturally go, what are you doing? You shouldn't be doing that. Right. I mean, like, first of all, that's crotchety old man lingo, but there's just a, a difference of the experiences side of it. And this is coming from somebody who just took a week vacation. Granted, I went to go visit my wife's grandparents on the coast and slept in an RV for a week. Same state. If it doesn't feel as... <laughs> That's true. As, as much of a stretch. And by the way, miserable weather. Not a tropical beach. You like, wear cold. pants. You're too hot. You wear shorts. You're too cold. You're like... <laughs> it's It was <clears throat> it was a fun trip, um, but definitely not like a... Um, Luxurious yeah. <laughs> getaway. Yeah. Uh, so anyways... Yeah, I, I just felt like that was that was a standing off point that I think 
I, I, I wanted you to kind of be like, this is, that's really like, there, there's gold there for people. Like you're going to touch some emotions if you go on that. And I think you did. I, I wasn't in part of second. I was uh, volunteering in elementary. But now that I'm thinking about it, like this conversation, all I can think about, if there's any Seinfeld fans out there, there's a point where George, the short guy with the glasses that's kind of grumpy and very negative oh, outlook please, in life. Do not assume that our audience does not know who George okay, Costanza well, is. We he, have an educated he audience. He loses Margo. his job and at Vandalay Industries. <laughs> no, it's when he's making up that he's Latex job imports searching. And exports. And he goes on vacation and his friends are just boggled that he's he goes to like Hawaii or he goes on some cruise or something. And they're just like, you've just lost your job. Why why are you spending? He's like, it was a great deal. And I deserve it. They're like, you, you literally can't pay for your apartment probably anymore. And just it all started with George. Oh, You're making me want to watch Seinfeld again. Just just that little one comment. I'm like, oh, man, I miss George. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that no that's t- totally true and i was sitting next to uh it's so funny in service i'm in the back row with kylie um because we had clive with us uh for the first part and philip snyder i shouldn't even name his name whatever he's sitting oh. next to me he just got back from yellowstone Tuck it out. A week in yellowstone <laughs> Tuck it out. and he, <clears throat> he and they just got new toys yeah and they just <laughs> yeah and i made fun of his jet skis a little while ago anyways he writes down as you're talking i can see his notes and he knows i can see his notes he writes down one two three four five in escalating order and then he writes down conviction level. <laughs> and then he moves it slowly up to five. I mean, okay. <clears throat> See, I'm funny. about to justify his vacation. They homeschool their kids. Uh, and so when you take them to a national park, like that's a whole level of, that's like a, a, a field trip on your terms. I, so I know that Philip and Amy know that we're not yeah. convicting them in that way. It's, it's that... That was, uh, uh, but it's true. Like Matt's parents, like I'm so happy that they're in a place in life where they can travel. But they're going back to France next week or next year, not next week, next year. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that sounds <sighs> so great. And they even told us, like, if you can play, pay for your plane tickets, we'll cover, like, we'll cover all the hotels, all the Airbnbs, <laughs> we'll cover the rent a car. And I'm like, I, I want to, but I, I just know that that is a financially dumb decision. I don't think my parents listen to this podcast, so I think I'm safe here. Oh, no. They are flying to go on a Mediterranean cruise on Thursday, Ooh. right? Living the dream. And they, I, so we were hanging out at the pool, not their pool, a, a different, <laughs> just talking about that. Uh, <clears throat> their neighbor had a pool, they were out of town, so we had took the kids over and, and let them swim, and we were sitting around talking about their trip. And uh, he said, <clears throat> yeah, we got some friends. Uh, who are, are going on the same cruise with us, um, but they want to do a Vatican tour, and uh, Mom and I are like, oh, we already did that, so we just, we're just we trying to figure out, we might go do this instead. Eat some gelato. And, and my wife on the drive home is like, oh, what poor, a bummer for them that they've them. already done a Vatican tour. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, babe, they're like really close to retirement. Like they've worked hard their whole life. Like good for them. You know I, I, mean? I, I do. I, by I, the way, my, my wife is perfect. She, yeah, I, I don't want to say that to make it sound like she's like <laughs> no. I was thinking Betty. it, and I'm it's like the season that we're in. If Kylie, kid. the nicest person I know, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> has, has a little bit of cynicism in her. That's yeah. not the end of the world. But it's true. I forget, and it's awful. I mean, I you definitely forget when you're a teenager. But even as an adult, I forget. That my parents have put so many years into the workforce and have really busted their butts to get where they are. Right. And like the book that I was reading in addendum to this message, the one that says like, I'm happy for you. Like she says, sort of not really is the full title. Right, right. But she says like, that is the key to freeing yourself from the comparison trap is just 
genuinely cultivating happiness for other people's sure. uh, opportunities and successes and these things. Because when you can do that, then like it stops bothering you. Like yeah. just fake it till you make it. Yeah. But it, like I am genuinely happy for my parents and all the opportunities they get. And yeah. They work super hard, and my mom is semi-retired. She works for fun now, which. Like I'd love to be at that That's place in life. That's the spot but, you want to get to, man. But, I want to work you know, for I'm fun still like someday. 30 years out. But my I dad, know. I keep telling him he needs to retire. But yeah, <laughs> I think I think he fears having nothing to do. But at the same time, he's ready for it. So eventually, yeah. Papa Papa Steve, yeah, is gonna go on his Alaskan cruise that he's dreamed of. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, let me think if there's anything else. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so. You wrote, or one of the slides on the screen was comparison robs us from seeing the joy in our current season. Um, so this was this was not really like a roadblock between you and God necessarily, although satisfaction with that and, and yeah. whatever it could be. Yeah. We, we get stuck thinking like, God, why am I in this season of life? Like, if you're really there, I've been praying for my for this chapter to close and a new chapter to begin, and I don't see it happening. And so we start to doubt God's goodness and the f- that He hears us and that yeah. He cares about us because we're so uncomfortable in our current season, and it just seems so unglamorous. So on our drive home, Kylie uh, decides to play on our Spotify. Uh, drive the new Macklemore song with Kesha. I don't know if you've heard this, but um, something about growing up or growing old and being satisfied in the moment with with, with the stuff. And she's like, I've I've always hated Kesha, right? Like not like Kesha, but this is kind of grown on me. And there's a couple. If you should listen to the song, um, and uh, I, I can't even remember the name, but you'll you'll hear it on the radio. You'll hear Macklemore do his thing. And it was definitely a. These are the moments that uh, I I I didn't know that. Uh, I wish somebody would have told me that these were the, the, the moments I would look back on and be like, these are the good old days, you know, and you're in your losing yeah, side. You never of know that. the good old days until you're out of yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. So there's always there's always something to be found in that season. I think that comparison can sometimes rob you of the joy of really, truly not just like uh, like giving mental assent to that. That's easy to be like, yes, I get that. Thank you for the cliche thing. But like actually experiencing it and actually doing it and being like, no, these you'll look back. There's there's good in this. Don't let comparison rob you of the good in this. So. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, anything else that uh, you felt like you wanted to address and go over regarding the, the follow-up from yesterday? Not too much. I just hope people either tune in or catch week two because – or week three. Week three, the conclusion, because this was a part one or in a lot of it. It's a part two, but it's a part one. Part one of it's the part, part one two. of the mini story within the Yeah, epic. the first was kind of painting painting the frame. Yeah. That this would all sit within, and then this is. Part did you one, do the two. building of collapse joke in, in week two, in part in the yes, second I did. service? Okay, good. I'm just making sure that that one got through because that was brilliant. Uh, for those yeah, of you that who that was it, Brent Johnson writes my jokes. No, guys. no, 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 just that one, and I, it was so good. I, I sat in the back. I was like, "Oh, you gotta say this. You gotta say oh. this." Uh, but uh, if you were in first service, she she mentioned that like you could have this like fear of uh, coming to church because lightning's gonna strike or something's gonna happen. You know, the building's gonna collapse on you because God's angry at you coming. And I, I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that that's a real risk. It could happen. It could actually happen in this theater. It may have nothing to do with God. It may have everything to do with it's a 50-year-old theater <laughs> built out of And our roof concrete. is leaking. And our roof leaks. And <laughs> in the middle of the summer, we got a roof leak. Isn't that crazy? In a in a 100-degree <clears throat> dry spell, high uh, burn risk, we have a real You guys, roof. it's 100 and something this week in the Tri-Cities. For those of you who are listening out of town, I promise it's a dry heat, and but it is still 
blankety blank hot. So uh, enjoy it. is looking like the Find high point. Find some shade. Go to a little a little splash park. Do something fun to get out of this uh, out of this heat. And uh, anyways, this, the nights are so nice though. We sat on our back patio last that night, and I was like, is, "This is so nice." That's the biggest difference between oh. New England and here is that it actually gets cool enough at night to make it pretty magical. Last night, sitting out by the fire pit, underneath the lights. And Kyle and I are playing gin rummy cards and just having a great time going, man, this is heavenly. This is so fantastic. So, anywho, <clears throat> hope you enjoy the nights. All right. Uh, we'd like to close out our uh, little podcast here with a little interesting, something interesting that we have found along the way. Uh, Marga, you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm reading a book. It's, I would say it's a beach read, but it was a beach read that surprised me with some substance. Uh, it, like actual, his- I love historical fiction. Yeah. Not like nonfiction, but historical fiction because you have they create these really beautiful characters that are telling like true events, and that's exactly uh, what this book's about. It has a really weird title. Like if I saw it, even the cover is not something that would speak to me. Uh, it's really miraculous that I actually started reading it because it, it had a lot of things that would put me off normally. The title is The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie oh, Society. Kylie's read that book. It is fantastic. She loved it. So uh, it's about a female writer in her 30s and wanting to write books and all these things. And she gets a letter uh, from a gentleman because she had sold her books and she wrote her name on the cover of one of them. And he's saying, uh, I love this book. This is a wild stab. But could you recommend any more books to me? And this is taking place in the 40s. So it's not like he could Google like, oh, it's a similar book. And right. and so she ends up sending him another book. And then he she finds out he's in this island. This is a real place, Guernsey, the Isle of Guernsey. There's also the Isle of Jersey, which is a little bit more well known. New Jersey, Jersey uh, <laughs> and some other things. And they're part of the British principality. They actually kind of have they don't pay taxes to England, but they speak. British English, and they have an own native tongue that 12% of the population still speaks. Wow. It's kind of closer to French than English. So this place legit exists. It legit exists. And what is fascinating is uh, the book takes place right after the war has ended, and she lives in London, and so London is rebuilding. Like, her flat has been bombed and, like, all these things, and people are just trying to figure out what the new normal looks like. Uh, People that have been taken away to concentration camps and work camps, they're still trying to find them and reunite them, so they don't know if you're friends are alive or dead or all these things. And this gentleman is on this Isle of Guernsey, a real place. And Guernsey was occupied by German troops for five years during the war. Wow. And they saw it as like, oh, we got a piece of England and we're occupying part of England. And they thought, because it's in between France and England, that it'd be a good base to like fly because they, you know, they invaded France. Yeah. And so we can fly our ships to Guernsey and refuel and then go to go and send bombs to England. And so these people... English people lived under German occupation and were essentially like starving to death and all of these things. And people like the the English people would fight back and they'd be sent to Jewish concentration camps and endure those horrors. And Jewish people on the island had to like pretend they weren't Jewish and children were sent away when they saw the German boats coming in to try to save the kids. And like these are all true facts. And it was just a whole like a whole, I feel like at my knowledge of World War II, because I, I don't want to say I'm a buff, but I usually always enjoy the movies and find something deep and meaningful from it. I feel like this is a whole thing that I was completely oblivious to. 
um, and the lives and the experiences of these people. And so that the book is a correspondence of letters. So it's like very digestible. Mm-hmm. You're just reading one letter and these people telling of their experiences, which are all based on true stories of things that happened. And like, it's not all Germans are bad because, you know, towards the end of the war, the German troops are also starving. Yeah. Right. And so like, the, like the villagers have no food, the Germans have no food. Yeah. And uh, if the Germans stole from the villagers, they'd be shot by their commander because they're very strict about like the rule. These are not Jewish people. So you, you have to treat them well and things like that. And there's some heroes even in the German army that are stealing medicine for the sick villagers. And like, there's just all this, all huh. these layers and levels, and it's a wonderful book. I'm not done with it yet. I, I almost don't want to finish it because I'm enjoying it so much. <laughs> I'm like drawing it out. And who's the author? It's actually co-authored. Oh, cool. By two ladies, probably because all of the research involved. Yeah. Um, but so the Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Pie Society, and it's written by Annie Barrows and Mary Ann Schaefer. And fun fact, it is being turned into a Netflix movie. Oh, cool. Starring, I can't think of the girl's name, but she played the Cinderella in the live action Cinderella, Lily something. And she's in the next Mamma Mia movie playing. Is it Lily Schulteis? Maybe. I think so. I but don't know. It looks good. Cool. Look it up. Awesome. We'll I'll try to include uh, a link to Amazon in the uh, show notes. If you're listening to this on your phone, you can click on that and find that book right away. Mine has to do with a little spot that uh, that Eric already probably knows about in Astoria. But if you're going to Astoria, uh, which I don't know. Not uh, New York. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Astoria, Oregon. So like the end of the Lewis and Clark Trail, right? They, they hit the river here in the Tri-Cities. They follow the river all the way to the Great Pacific, the Mighty Pacific, and they end up in Astoria. And it's like kind of like the end of their route. And they're like, okay, we can't really go no further. Let's turn around and go back. Um, uh, there's a couple cool places to visit there. There's an Astoria column, which has like this, uh, it's like a 150-foot column in the air that you go up to the top of the mountain. There's a, like a tree clearing. You can see just an incredible view, um, and the hike up is is pretty awesome. Uh, but on your way into town, there's really only one drag on that way into town. Um, if you look on your left as you're going in, so there's like a maritime Coast Guard museum on the right-hand side. There's usually some big ships. Uh, the house that Goonies was filmed in is up on the left. But before all of that, on the left, you'll see a, like a boat that is uh, like an old-school fishing boat parked on the side of the street, and it says Bow Picker on the side. And uh, it's an actual fish and chip spot, and it's like ultra famous in that area uh, they open at 11 o'clock and by 11 o'clock there's about an hour wait to get their fish and chips um, so you want to get there early or if the line is down check it out um, they sell tuna fish and chips which is unique usually it's either cod or halibut so this is tuna and they're they're, they're cash only it feels a little bit like soup nazi from speaking of seinfeld another reference um like you get up you place your order you step to the side and it's cash only and all that kind of stuff and the food's really it's really good like I'm not telling you to wait two and a half hours if that's the wait. I've, I've heard of people waiting for like two hours, two and a half hours for it. I'm saying if you're driving into town. There's an opportunity. And you're hungry, uh, but like willing to wait a little bit, look to the left. You'll see the line. Uh, old school boat. They don't. Ha- they have like picnic tables outside. It's not nice. It's not fancy at all. Um, but boat picker fish and chips is kind of cool. You should check it out. It's kind of a cool little uh, <clears throat> in town in Astoria. Got to visit that. Got to go visit the Goonies house. Got to go up to the top of the the uh, Astoria the column and, and trip advisor by Brent Johnson. Yeah, there you go. Enjoy Astoria. Actually, so we we have visited several cities over there over the we've her grandparents have lived there for I think 5 years now and we've gone 
every summer we've gone of the last five years for about a week, five days, something like that. And we visited, you know, Cannon Beach, Seaside, Manzanitas, Long Beach. Um, and we, Kyle and I were talking on the way back. If we had to live over there, we would pick Astoria. Uh, it's got a really cool downtown. They've got a Liberty Theater. They've got a bunch of cool shops. They've got a Stumptown coffee shop down there. Um, or at least it serves Stumptown. It's probably called something else. But um, fun little town. Make sure you spend some time in Astoria if you're driving through. It's pretty cool. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Say Something Interesting. We want to let you know that next Friday night is our Drinks for Drinks event that we've been pushing for the last month or two here. Pretty next pumped. being not this. Yeah, no. So like this podcast drops on a Tuesday, not this upcoming Friday, but the, the next one, the 20th, July 20th. Friday night, uh, we've got like seven bands. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, the main stage as well as the side stage in the alley. We've got some food trucks. We'll have some yard games. Uh, we'll have uh, beer pong tables out. Two Ice Harbor sponsoring. Yeah, it's just it's going to be a fun evening. And 100% of the money that comes in, both in ticket sales, uh, beer sales, as well as just general donations, goes towards uh, clean water projects through Charity Water. Um, we think it's a pretty fun party for the year. So come hang out with us and uh, be a part of that event. You can get your tickets online at drinksfordrinks.com. There's no letters. There's no dashes. Just drinks for drinks as it is. <clears throat> and uh, or look for it in the weekly if you get the weekly and uh, make sure to come out for that. We're also going to be giving away some tickets uh, today uh, to uh, somebody who shared, who liked and shared our status. Um, so uh, be oh, on, we don't have that right now, right? So we'll just I'm, I'm looking at you. So I mean, we know the winner. Do you? Yeah. Okay. So Margo is is, is quickly pulling this up. Uh, from her phone to be able to uh, randomly select somebody who has done this. We're going to announce it on here as well as on Facebook and a uh, couple of drinks, couple of drink, uh, sorry, a couple of tickets, a couple of drink coupons, and uh, just a fun night out. So, Margo. Do you want to give a quick promo for Charity Water while I load this up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Charity Water, if you're, if you're not familiar with what they're doing, um, super incredibly cool organization, actually based out of New York, and their CEO, Scott Harrison's just awesome guy. Um, and they have got it figured out how to do lots of different clean water solutions for people in developing countries. Uh, they do it a lot of different ways. So building wells, uh, repairing wells, uh, bio sand filters. Uh, there are, I can't remember the number exactly, like 5 million people or 6 million people in the world who don't have access to clean water, literally. And since their inception, they've helped 1 million people get access to clean water. And we were a part of that in a lot of different ways. Last year, uh, we were able to build a, a well in Bangladesh uh, and because as a result of this event and hopefully the same thing for this next year. So congratulations today to Aaron Grosserth. Is that right? Aaron Grosser? I, I might be pronouncing that last name incorrectly, uh, but your tagline is, I'm bad behavior, but I do it in the best way. <laughs> we think you're going to have a fun time. <laughs> so you're going to have a good time. Come hang out with Aaron uh, and him and his friend, whoever he brings, or significant other, and uh, have a great time with Drinks for Drinks, July 20th, next Friday. Other than that, see you guys. Thanks for sticking around for us, even though it was a 42-minute episode. We love you guys. <laughs> Appreciate it. See you next week.